This is USA Takedown. The best guess. All the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA. With your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now, it's time for USA Takedown. Hello again, everybody. It is USA Takedown from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. It's Friday, and this is USA Takedown. Our defense soap guests include our in-studio guest host, and he is uh, a Hawkeye great. Uh, the name Pablo Ubasa has uh, attached to so many great wrestlers over the years. He's trained so many. Ubasa train is a really big deal for so many, and we are pleased to have him in the studio for, is this your first time in? Uh, this new uh, radio station, yeah. So, first time here, here yeah, first time but here. you were at the other station. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's see who else is on the program today. We've got uh, uh, Reese Humphreys, one of the most decorated and surely one of the most talented athletes I've ever known. Michael Kemmerer, grandpa, is joining us today. Talk a little bit about name, image, and likeness and the brand that he does bear. And that's really coming on the heels of the announcement that he would be returning to Tom Brand's Hawkeye Wrestling Program. Uh, for this, I believe this will be his final year, but that means the entire team remains intact at the University of Iowa as they defend their titles. And uh, Miles Amin is going to be joining us, fresh back from um, uh, San Marino, which is a nation within the country of Italy. That's kind of a cool story, but bronze medal in the uh, Olympic Games. Travis Dvorak will update us on what's going on with Wild Rose Casinos. And Scotty Moore is going to be joining us from Matt Town, USA, and uh, that'll be a little later on in our number one. But we start, Pablo. Are you ready for this? We're going to start with uh, Jason Borelli. Now, we all know what happened at Stanford, right? Yep. And perhaps some of us may understand what happened at American. Uh, but what they did do right is they hired Jason Borelli to set the ship correct and true. He joins us now. Jason, good morning. How are you, Coach? Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Super excited. This is your first time on the show since assuming the mantle of head coach at American University. Uh, first of all, yeah. congratulations. Well, thank you. I'm excited. I appreciate you having me on and looking forward to chatting. I know it probably seemed like an eternity to you. <laughs> Can we get a little more volume in our headphones, please? It seemed like um, perhaps uh, an eternity for you, but for the rest of us, it kind of happened quickly. You were hired by American University not that long after you departed Stanford. How did that all happen? Yeah, um, well, you know, you know, as, as everything was transpiring at Stanford, um, you know, we remained as a staff and, and as a team very committed to, to the cause there. And, and the number one objective was to do everything possible to have that program reinstated. And obviously, um, so thrilled and excited that, um, you know, those efforts by so many were successful and, and it happened, but, you know, as in the latter stages prior to the announcement of it being reinstated, which happened on May 18th, uh, in late April, it was getting to a point where it, it made sense to start, uh, parallel planning and, and seeing what uh, other options might be out there. Because although we felt extremely good about the reinstatement efforts and, and really felt like, uh, we had gained a ton of momentum, you just, you don't control the decision. And so, um, you know, had to kind of look. I have a family to provide for sure. and have a, a professional career that I need to attend to. And um, my contract was expiring at the end of April. Uh, so, um, you know, the American job had opened up, obviously, in maybe January or February. And, 
there were some initial talks, uh, but you know, really everything at that time for, in my mind was tunnel vision and laser focused on, on doing what was right by the Stanford crew and, and staying committed through the whole season. And so I'd asked if, um, you know, they were trying to make a hire, you know, during the season or if they were going to be willing to wait till after the NCAA tournament, because really I did, I had no interest in, uh, exploring anything until after the NCAA tournament. And, and they said, no, um, you know, they would, they would wait and, uh, they wanted teams and coaches to get through the season and NCAA tournament came. And shortly after that, um, kind of things picked up steam pretty quickly. You know, they reached, reached out and, and we, you know, kind of the, the normal process started and, um, it, it moved fast right by mid April. Um, you know, I had, I had taken the job, uh, mid to late April. And, and then, um, you know, about three weeks later, they reinstated the program at Stanford. But so, you know, it kind of, it kind of <laughs> went down naturally, um, you know, after the season. And, um, I had interest just because, uh, there's so much uncertainty and, you know, our season was done and it was time to start, uh, trying to parallel plan. And then and that's kind of how everything shook out. So. Jason Borelli, our guest, the new head coach, I can say that it may be only months away, uh, or months since, but I feel like it's still fresh for everybody. I've been on that campus. I've been in that gym several times. I've uh, broadcast the matches at American. My cousin lives just up the street on Nebraska Street, and uh, it's very close to you. But Yeah, very I, close. i got to ask, what, what did Jenna, your wife Jenna, what did she say when you said, well, I got this opportunity? You guys are at Stanford, uh, the West Coast. But then you're, you know, you're looking at a job opportunity clear across the country. I don't think you could move any further east. I really don't. But what was <laughs> yeah. Jenna's response to that? Well, you know, um, obviously we talked about it a lot and and started thinking about places that um, would would potentially work for our family um, if you know if we had to leave. And uh, you know, not everywhere is is right, um, or and obviously timing too. My wife is a social worker. Um, she's a therapist essentially and works with at risk teens and oh, wow. um, has worked in wellness and you know uh, kind of. Um, mental health, uh, you know, for a long time. And so for her, the best situation is uh, being in a, a very diverse climate, a, a very uh, populous climate, you know, an area with just a, a lot of um, more more urban versus rural, right? And and, and um, so D.C. was attractive in that in that regard. And there's so much going on and there's going to be plenty of opportunities in, in her profession and, and how we wanted to raise our kids, right? Our, we have three young boys and um, you know, great schooling. Uh, like I said, same thing, very diverse place. That's, um, you know, lots of exposure, lots of opportunities. And, and this was attractive in that regard for, for our kids as well. And so, you know, things started aligning and, um, and we just felt like, you know, going from kind of the, the, the San Francisco Bay area, the Palo Alto area, and it, it was very similar, uh, similar uh, the big difference is just the weather right a lot different we're gonna have oh, winters and it's a lot colder but in terms of climate and culture it seemed very similar and it seemed like it fit both of kind of our uh, desires for our, our professional lives but also for our family so and she was she was really receptive and uh, very encouraging and uh, supportive well you i gotta believe that uh, parking opportunities at stanford were better yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's very true you know, the, the uh parking here and just uh Traffic and not, yeah. well, I wouldn't say traffic. That's not fair, but just um, a lot of the things related to transportation um, are a little hectic and chaotic here. And I didn't have to experience that. I'm not. It's not to say that it wasn't this way in California, but I lived on campus, and so I didn't have to feel it or experience it. Uh, I was a little spoiled in terms of proximity. You know, I was, I was on campus and drove a golf cart to work, whereas here, you know, I'm commuting, but 
but you know, it's a good change of pace and gives me a chance to decompress after a long day. You know, a 30 minute drive home sometimes is refreshing because you can just, you can, you can take a deep breath and make a phone call or take a deep breath and just relax. Whereas before I was home in two minutes. And so I never got to decompress after a long day. (laughs) That makes a difference. Some value that windshield time on the way home, right? Pablo, I mean, you do a lot of driving, right? I drive three (laughs) times a week, four times a week, Iowa city, the Des Moines and Perry. I love it. I love it. Pablo Bassa in studio with us, our guest, as we share him today, Jason Borelli, the new head coach of American university, home of the mighty Eagles. And uh, there's one guy out there to keep an eye out for. Okay. He's a former secret service man wrestled for Iowa state. Do you know who I'm talking about Jason? Mm, wrestled at Iowa state. Wrestled at Iowa state. state. His son wrestled at Nebraska. Okay. What era? What era was, was he? So he would have been uh, pro, uh, pre Bobby Douglas. Oh gosh. Then, then I, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'd be struggling. Probably. I probably <laughs> heard the name, but I don't know who it is. Well, I tell you what folks, if you're listening, Stay tuned. At hour number two, I'm going to tell you exactly who that Secret Service agent is. He's now with the Department of, of, uh, or the Treasury, U.S. Treasury. All right, let's talk a bit about, uh, first of all, tell your pop we said hey, okay? Uh, I got to ask you, I mean, you turned out to be an outstanding coach. Um, Mike Moyer described you as being the ultimate transformational coach. What does that mean to you? Well, it means a lot hearing, you know, that, uh, I don't know that from Mike. I have such tremendous respect for him and what he's done. He's been doing this a long time. So, um, you know, those are nice words. And, you know, I don't know, um, you know, I, you know, for me, I just try to try to work hard, try to try to uh, pour myself into the, into the program, into the athletes and into uh, just making the place better. And, and, you know, I, that's actually people ask me about, you know, uh, kind of feelings toward leaving Stanford after 13 years and 14 years there total, but 13 as the head coach, you know, and I have nothing but positive, you know, positive experience in terms of, you know, when you, when you start a place, you, you just want to make it better than it was before you took over, right. Or before you had a, a part in and being part of, of something. And so for me, I feel like we made the program a little better, you know, and, and left it in a good place. And, um, and even and fought through a really tough time and didn't give up. And, and, and I think it's going to be even stronger because of what, the efforts of, of so many and uh, feel really good about that. And so, um, you know, hope could have the same, if not a bigger impact on American University. You know, we have a great history. A tremendous foundation has been laid here. We had a lot of great coaches before. Right. We've had some great wrestlers. Josh Glenn was an NCAA champion. Right. So we've we have a lot of history and a great foundation and I uh, just want to keep building on that and, and make it even, even better. That way when my time comes to an end here, whoever you know gets to take over, it's in a little better place. There's so much great wrestling around American university. You've got uh, Maryland, of course, you've got Naval right. Academy, which took a, a weather hit over the last few days. I mean, quite a bit of damage done uh, around the, uh, in Annapolis at the Naval Academy. So we're praying for all of those folks up there. Did you get any of the weather in DC? We did. I mean, uh, I, not even close, probably to as bad as, as you know, other pockets in the state did, but, um, but we certainly got a lot of rain, a lot of flooding and a lot of wind. Um, you know, interestingly, the, the most of it came in the middle of the night for us, at least where we were. So, you know, from, it was pretty, pretty late in the evening when it happened. And, uh, we got a ton of ton of down trees, uh, you know, mm. uh, things, you know, branches snapped off around uh, when you're driving, you know, roads kind of have to take alternate route because they haven't 
cleaned up some of the roads or some of the trees and stuff, debris that fell. But uh, there was a lot of flooding. You know, the, the, the rain came in so heavy and so strong in such a short period of time. Uh, the roads couldn't drain, and a lot of uh, it was just it was it was bad. Thankfully, a lot of that was in the middle of the night. The next day, we caught some of it again, but uh, the bulk of it came in the night. So that was that was uh, maybe a good thing in some regards, and not as many people were out and about. You think about the number of deaths related to the storm just in New York. Okay, it's like forty-three or forty-eight people uh, confirmed dead. That's forty-five yes. now. Okay, all right. Well, we yeah. got an update there from. Our executive producer, and we appreciate her, Kira Jones, in the studio. Um, I do want to read something to you that Zeke Jones penned, the three-time Pac-12 coach of the year at Arizona State and Olympic silver medalist, and somebody I think we're all pretty close to. Zeke Jones said, Jason Borelli is a bright leader and developer of men. He'll do a fantastic job in his new role at American. That's your That's your competition speaking highly of you. Well, yeah, it means a lot. Um, you know, it, it's always it always feels good that that people see the you know the the hard work that you put into something. But you know, I I echo a lot of the same sentiments right back at the people that said nice things about me. And um, you know, it's it's flattering to hear those things. But you know, um, we we don't do it for that. We do it for you know to have an impact on young men and to to change lives. And so for me, it's just um, you know leading with integrity um, and leading uh, you know. Uh, the right way and, and, and hoping to uh, have a positive impact on the people you're right. around because, you know, we get lost sometimes as coaches and we think about the wins and losses and we want to win. We're competitive, but, but, you know, if you really take a step back, you know, we are, we are, uh, we're teachers, we're leaders, we're educators, right. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to realize that that is, is as important as, as just uh, trying to put together the best, uh, best wrestling team. I've once asked Bobby Douglas, I said, um, what is uh, the title you respect the most that you have, that you attained? He said that of a teacher. The most important thing in the world to Bobby was being a teacher. And of the lives he's touched, the lives you've touched, Jason, is is amazing. But it all started, you know, with your dad, for me anyway. I have so much respect for your pop, and I think you know that. Well, yeah, I do. I appreciate that. And I think, um, you know, he's he's been great to so many, and, you know, I, I've, felt the same obviously I was his son and he raised me but yes as, as an athlete that went through his program he had an impact on me and um, you know I think interestingly as I get older I find myself uh, valuing and seeing the things that that um, you know that are, are really important that that he you know that he did as a coach because you know when I was when I first when I first started coaching I, I would I would say I was young, I was energetic, I was excited. I, st- I still had such a competitive drive that yeah. winning was so important. You know, you just focus on training and trying to win and you, you get wrapped up in that. But as you, as you do it for longer and longer, you realize like there's just so much more. And, and really I started, I had kids of my own, you know, I have young kids now and I, I take a step back and I think, you know, what would I want from their coaches down the road? How would I want them to treat my kids and what things would I, what impact would I want them to have on them? And it, it's helped me, give me a little better perspective on uh, just that what coaching should be about. Because when you're young, before you have your own family, oftentimes you just think about create the best wrestlers and win, you know, but there's so much more to it. Moving to DC, Pablo, think about this. He's got three boys, Carter, Lincoln, and Jackson. Okay. Yeah. Previous head coach at American has kids all named after presidents as well. Okay. The only one I'd question, by the way, is Carter. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that. Well, it's just, interestingly, of my three, he's probably the one most, uh, the most uh, diplomatic, and the one that would probably become uh, a politician or get involved of, of the three. I don't think my my other two are, but Carter, um, he uh, he's, he seems the most poised for uh, a career in politics. So. Well, he couldn't be in a better place than Washington D.C., our nation's capital. Jason, it's always good to talk to you. Next, we visit. We'll talk more and more about. Uh, what you're establishing and building at American. We appreciate you taking the time today out of your schedule. We know it's a busy one, but uh, thank you so much for what you did with Stanford. In the face of that challenge, you stood up taller than most, and you were able to put together one heck of a season with seven of the 10 Cardinal starters qualifying for the NCAA championships and two All-Americans and its first national champ since 2004 in the sophomore Shane Griffith. I love talking with Shane. What a great kid. You obviously identified something special. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on, and uh, happy to join anytime you want to talk AU wrestling. Let's do it, baby. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. All right, thank you. Take care. Uh, Pablo, let's, I mean, this is a transformational coach, okay? There's been transformational coaches around, uh, some old guard guys, uh, but mostly the transformational coaches are turning programs on like Zeke Jones is doing at Arizona State, even as we speak. Uh, but I think he's going to make a big difference, much like Cody did when he first arrived at American. Yeah, I, I just think when he just said that uh, when you get older, you, you change a little bit. It's not about winning. It's how you can transform a kid to be a bit better person, how he can help the world. And that's how I was when I was, wrestling by the time coach they, enemy. yeah but anyway tell you what we'll take it a break real quick you're what uh listening to usa takedown only on 1350 this is espn think you heard everything stick around you ain't heard nothing yet more usa takedown after this welcome back to the show great conversation indeed with jason borelli so proud of that guy Standing tall through it all, he left Stanford, heads to American University to make a difference there. Started there in April. All right, so the Moore brothers, okay, uh, have made a lasting impact on the sport as competitors. But Scotty Moore is doing an outstanding job at Matttown USA, head coach of Lockhaven. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Hey, good morning, Scott. How are you guys doing out there? I'm always pumped to talk to another Scott, but in the studio with me this morning, uh, you've heard the name, and you've seen the T-shirts. You understand that being Uvasa-trained is a big deal. Well, the Mighty Hawaiian is in the studio with us today, acting as special guest host. How about that? I like guest host. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Scotty, you had a vision <laughs> from day one at LHU, okay? And by the way, you know I've been on that campus. I love that campus. And it was a rocky time, believe it or not, during uh, Ricky and, and Rocky's tenure with the then athletic director. And uh, I don't think you have that challenge any longer because I think they made the appropriate changes. But what they did in hiring you is hiring a guy with a vision. Can you describe your vision for Lockhaven some, what, 13 years after the fact? No, it's... Yeah, we've been we've been battling here for a while. I've moved back to Lockhaven in 2010 after being at UVA with Coach Garland there for, for about four years. And That's right. Uh, but yeah, really, the vision is uh, you know pretty simple. We have a quite the tradition here and a ton of success over the years. You know, in the seventies, eighties, nineties, Coach Carl Poff and 
some of the groundwork that Neil Turner and those guys laid down. And so really was just bringing, bringing back that tradition and that legacy of getting the community involved, engaging the alumni, and really getting back to our roots, which is, you know, blue-collar, uh, tough PA wrestling. And, um, you know, we focus a lot on developing relationships with our, you know, business partners, our community. And then, you know, obviously the, the, the market in Pennsylvania, just bringing in the best guys, doing our research and um, trying to put uh, guys on the mat. They're going to represent our program and, and make our fans proud. And uh, certainly a uh, fun school to compete out here at the Thomas Fieldhouse. We've uh, had some really great performances and, and uh, a great crowd support and, uh, but yeah, mostly just, you know, bringing back the good nature of wrestling, which is blue collar, hard wrestling, um, try to get as many local kids as possible to, uh, to represent our program. But, uh, and then we, you know, we bring in guys that some, some great transfers that you bet. Um, maybe didn't make it at the big schools. And so that's been our philosophy and, and obviously surround your program with good people and good coaches and, um, have good communication and, and the results will show. Well, the Mac has changed, and you still did well in the Mac, but seven seven overall in last year's competition. Let's go to twenty one twenty two. This will be your ninth year overall as head coach at Matt Town. What are your What are your thoughts? It's exciting. Uh, we're We're up and running after uh, after a COVID year, and um, you know, just seeing some changes in the program and watching the landscape. I think overall, wrestling fans should be excited um, after last season. Um, you know, just some different, different things, obviously different season, but we're got a whole new face to the program. A lot of new wrestlers, um, a lot of impact blue chip freshmen are going to be in the lineup as well as a few returners. And then, you know, like I said, a base of transfers that we've, uh, piled in over the off season. Um, so exciting, you know, just different faces, new development, new growth, uh, same expectations, you know, we're, you know, especially with Missouri leaving, we're, we're competing to win the Mac and, um, you know, wrestle the best teams in the country and our schedule shows that this year with, with a couple opening duels in early December with uh, Michigan state and Lehigh. But uh, yeah, the max awesome. I think it's been a great move for the EWL teams uh, adds uh, a lot of opportunity and the, the competition is definitely, definitely solid. You know, I see, you see a lot of the guys from central Michigan, uh, Northern Illinois, you know, rider you know, competing on the big stage and, and that's where we belong. I believe we'll be there here soon. Edinburgh, George Mason, Bloomsburg, all those programs. You got some great rivalries there, and they go back many years. You meant, mentioned Coach Poff. I don't believe he ever bought a cup of coffee in and around Lockhaven. Agree or disagree? <laughs> <laughs> he knows everybody. So I know. From being right? a wrestling coach to a politician to uh, working in advancement and now. Uh, semi-retired in North Carolina, obviously a big advocate of the program. And, sure. you know, that's, and, you know, that's the thing that's special about our programs, the people, uh, not only here on campus, but, uh, nationwide, we have one of the biggest support bases uh, for any division one program. And, and the fact that we're a smaller school, um, certainly helps. <laughs> How far is, uh, Lehigh from Penn state? Uh, it's about two and a half hours. Not far oh. enough. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought Close enough. Cool. Yeah. We have not wrestled them in a long time. So, uh, is there a chance? Uh, yeah, we wrestled this. Uh, we wrestled them this year, December fourth, oh, wow. um, the day before they wrestled Penn State. So, uh, it's alumni day for us. We're going to do some special, uh, you know, some honorees for the match and and bring a bunch of alumni back and just an old classic PA matchup. And uh, looking forward to once again packing the field house and 
you know, I feel Lehigh travels well. Obviously, we we travel well, and um, so it's that's definitely circled on the calendar for this year. Yeah, I was just curious because uh, I thought it was closer because um, Colot used to went to Penn State, then he transferred to Lee um, Lock Haven. Lock Haven, right? Colot yeah, was yeah. so. Sad. I mean, he, I think he's a better coach than he was a wrestler, and that's saying oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah, look at what he's done with Annapolis, the Naval Academy. For goodness sakes. As much as he's an alum of Lockhaven, I would suggest that uh, uh, the future looks very bright. I want to play the name game with you, okay, Coach? Tell me the yep. first thing, when, when I say a name, I want you to say the first thing out of uh, or top of your head. Ready? Jared Segrist. Mac Champion. Big time. First ever, right? <laughs> yep. Jared's one of our... Uh... Prize possessions, obviously, one of the MAC title after a good career, but never really peaked uh, and hit his potential. Um, you know, obviously, he was sixth in the state as a senior in high school, so not somebody that you would thought would have, um, you know, won a MAC championship our first. But yeah, one of the hardest working, most consistent wrestlers that I've coached, and uh, a guy that we're definitely proud of in our program. And you have done well in the classroom too, raising that. Uh... Uh, that profile that is so important to the presidents of universities and athletic directors. It's not all about wrestling. A lot of times, it's, you know, the secondary reason why you're there could be the primary for some, but education and those kids that do come to campus are, are treated to an, a visual uh, smorgasbord of delights. I mean, just knowing that I didn't have to run that hill up to the football field, is, is, <laughs> I can barely walk it. But, uh, Coach, it is a beautiful campus. Back to name game. Luke Werner. Luke Werner. Uh, so, a future All-American. Yeah. I, I believe that uh, to be absolutely true. Uh, yeah, Luke, Luke was an uh, honorable mention All-American for us two years ago. And, um, you know, just one of those guys, super talented, mm-hmm. Southern Scuffle finalist. Uh, you know, big big win over Brandon Courtney, national finalist in a in a match where we beat Arizona State um, a couple years ago. Um, so just a guy that has been able to kickstart our lineup, and uh, but still still has a lot to give and a lot of potential left uh, for this season. So we're we're excited about him. At thirty three, DJ Fellman. Yep, DJ was a guy that had you know a couple time national qualifier for us. And Richard since, Senior uh, right? graduated, so he's. Uh, he's not with us this year. He's working out in Colorado now. So, uh, a guy that was, uh, representing right behind them that placed at the scuffle the same year, CJ Manley will most likely be our starter at that weight class this year. I was thinking that too. How about Kyle Shoup also at the same time, a redshirt senior last year? Yep. Yep. Shoup was, uh, you know, one of those stories, uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, came out of nowhere, became an NC all American after, you know, beating Cade Brock from Oklahoma State and, um, you know, just a guy that led the country in Tech Falls, you know, one of the best top wrestlers in the country and a uh, big fisherman, just took a job as assistant coach at Buffalo. I just talked to, remember Jim Beekner? Oh, yeah. Yep. Former head coach at Buffalo. I just talked to him yesterday. He's running um, a major race team's physical fitness and nutrition down in the Carolinas. And, uh, yeah, Beekner, proud of his time at Buffalo, but obviously had a better opportunity, surely monetarily speaking, but uh, moving down to North Carolina as he makes his way to retirement. Not that old, but he's still looking yeah. at it. All right, Alex well, they're, Tucker. They're recruiting hard. A guy named Devin Dietrich is uh, 
from Grove City. He was recruiting for for pit crews, and I think Jim took one of those positions or similar positions, and they hire a lot of wrestlers. I know Wilps, uh, some of the Wilps from Pittsburgh, and um, some pretty big name wrestlers have taken positions with uh, with these pit crew. And um, yeah, Jim's Jim's very involved with that and does very well. You know, it doesn't surprise me um, if you if you look at Sage Karam, who took seventh in the Indy this year. Sage was a PA wrestler. Um, you look at the, um, uh, in, in terms of motorcycle racing, one of the best in the world, Justin Brayton was a wrestler out of Fort Dodge, Iowa. He credits his success on a motorcycle to the time he spent on the mat. And that says something that guy knows where his uh, grounding is and he's never too big to come home. As a matter of fact, he came home, bought another house. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, Sage uh, Sage Karam's dad was a Lock Haven wrestling Jody. Uh, is alumni Jody, and his his uncle Jeff is the head coach at Bethlehem Catholic. Was also wrestled at Lock Haven, and so we uh, certainly have ties all across the state. And he just and Sage just started his NASCAR career as well. I thought Indy was going to be you know small window, but going from twenty first previous uh, finish to seventh, climbing through the field. I think he started in thirty fourth. But that's that's a wrestler's countenance, right? That's what you can expect from a wrestler. Compete, compete, compete. Don't take your foot off the gas. Don't stop wrestling. And Sage lives by that rule. I remember his first sponsor was a mattress company. He was so excited. He got a free mattress. <laughs> and the Andrettis had nothing to do with it. Believe it or not, they had nothing to do with that sponsorship. I thought that was cool. Our guest right now is Scotty Moore uh, going to his ninth year as the head coach of Lockhaven, we appreciate the opportunity to talk to all of our coaches around the country. Gives us a sense of where we are. Summer's coming to an end. Uh, it is the uh, Labor Day holiday weekend. What are your plans on the weekend, Coach? Do you stay and you know work out with the guys, or what happens? Yeah, we have a few team events. We'll be doing a team picnic on Saturday, mm. um, and then you know some family time. Uh, I have two little girls, nine and eleven years old, so they keep me busy with with softball practice and games and and travel teams. So we'll be probably doing some back to school shopping uh, and some barbecuing over the weekend, and um, you know, and just doing some housework, getting getting everything tidied up for. Uh, obviously, it's football season as well with Penn State right. right up the road, so you know we always have some little football gatherings, and then. Uh, my brother, Josh, the head coach at Cleveland State, is coming down here in a couple of weeks for, for a football game. So, um, yeah, so kicking off family weekend and doing doing a little team picnic and, you know, doing some housework. So, You know, that's always going to be on our plate, right? Always fixing around the house. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I need, I need to clean my house. <laughs> you need to clean your house? Is that right, Pablo? Yeah. A typical wrestler. <laughs> it's always grass to be mowed. All right, so. Uh, when a jury of your peers names you uh, Penn State Athletic Conference, PSAC, if you will, Division One Coach of the Year, what does that say to you? What does it mean to you? Well, I think it's just a, a product of the work that you know we do and our coaching staff does. And um, I think we appreciate the work as wrestling coaches. We appreciate the work uh, that goes into having a successful program and to building a program and to putting uh, – respectable athletes on the mat and um you know we've been fortunate to have some success stories to overachieve right in some avenues and, and really um i would say put this program on the map um with that success you know having all americans having national finalists um meeting some of the demands of the market as far as our fundraising and camp so we're just we're competing and running a program at a high level and 
I think as wrestling coaches, we, res- we respect the hustle that, that comes along with that, you know, and that's in regards to the conference, the, the EWL, the PSAC, you know, those, those conference coaches, they do a lot with a little, and uh, I think that's the respect that's given. In those that live in and around Lock Haven, they were looking for stability. They were looking for a coach with drive and determination. As a matter of fact, they were looking for the rise, and that is an amazing thing to say about those people. But once you got there, all of a sudden people started showing up. People started taking your calls. People started to invest in the future of this program. That's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's a special place and I uh, took a little bit of work, a little convincing and then obviously some success, but uh, our coaching staff and our team, we work hard in the community. We do a lot of events, um, you know, community service, a lot of work with the veterans organizations in town and uh, we give back and in turn, they give back to us. So we're fortunate to kind of have built that reputation in this town and with our alumni and, um, you know, it, it becomes easy from there as far as soliciting and, and getting their support. And it's definitely been, been great the last, you know, for the last nine years. One of the level best families, the first families of wrestling, and there are several, but one of the very best is the Carr family. You were able to uh, uh, hire uh, uh, Nate Carr Jr. Uh, to be a part of your staff. How important was that decision even now as you look back? Well, he just, uh, you know, comes with a lot of energy, a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. and a lot of passion for, for coaching. Um, he understands the sport at the highest level, um, with his, with his dad, his brother, you know, obviously his uncles. Uh, so he just brings a certain reputation with him, you know, wherever he goes and he's very good socially, a uh, good communicator and, and, um, you know, gets out and, and works hard to, to grow the program. So, you know, it's important to bring in guys that have accolades, but also guys that are investing directly in your program, uh, even though they have no, you know, I guess, connection other than just being a coach here. So we're, you know, we've been we've been lucky with that and just, you know, having coaches that believe in what we're doing, they buy into it, and then they commit their time and their energy into the program. And, um, you know, Coach Carr, his brother David's been on campus training, um, just that whole family culture is, is great for for any program. If you look at the history of Eastern wrestling, you look at guys like Jack Childs or or um, Gary at, at, at Ryder now uh, being replaced by his his tutor, excuse me, his, what would you say that? A guy he brought along and appointed to be the head coach now, John Hanji. Do you see yourself coaching in 35 years? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I give I give a lot of a uh, lot of respect to those gentlemen. Keep staying in the game that long, and yeah. I think it becomes an addiction. I mean, be, being around this long, you know, it, uh, you know, fifteen, sixteen years is obviously a blessing. But um, I think that just becomes part of your family and your daily routine. And right. uh, there's obviously time periods where it's harder when your kids are growing up and playing sports. But I think it goes back to where you know the kids. Um, are your family. The program is your life. You know, the alumni are, are your friends. So that's it just right. comes to a point where that's just everyday life. And, you know, those guys are both, you know, both respected. I know uh, Coach Childs very well, and his brother was one of my coaches at Penn State. And, um, you know, it, it's getting harder, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I think you never know until you know, and you got to keep striving <laughs> for excellence and, and keep growing until it's time. I remember going to Jack and uh, Annie's house 
to have dinner, and then Scott, their son, and I went to the train station. Well, we got there. I got my ticket, but the train started moving, so I hopped from the platform onto the moving train. And here comes the, uh, what do you call the guy that takes the tickets? The uh, conductor. (laughs) Anyway, he yelled it and yelled it and yelled at me for what reason, I don't know. But apparently it had something to do with the danger affiliated with jumping from the platform to the track. I was going to say, uh, as as somebody whose employment is kind of dependent on you, maybe don't go train hopping. Don't do that? Okay. Don't go train hopping, okay? <laughs> well, it's, I've seen it done in movies. Anyway, tell you what, lots, Scotty, lots we appreciate learned. you lots taking the learned. time, brother. Continued success at Lock Haven. Thank you for your leadership and everything you do. You've been doing it the right way. Appreciate the time. You got it. Thank you very much. Anyway, thank you so much. Um, tell you what, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, uh, we're going to have a little more in-studio conversation with Pablo Ubasa, Ubasa Trained. And look for that online, by the way, ubasatrain.com. And look for the next camps, whether they're in Des Moines, uh, Perry, Iowa City, Coralville, wherever he lands, greatness follows. We'll tell you why on the other side of the break. This is ESPN. Stay tuned. USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short time off. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up, churning and burning. They yearn for the cup. All right, welcome back to the show. Post Olympic Games, and I tell you what, we've had many Olympians on. Uh, coming up, by the way, next week, I do believe it is, we will have Joe Russell on from USA Wrestling. His brother will help in the second hour live from the nation of Jordan. And uh, he's special assistant to uh, the king of Jordan and the princes. Most of them either did or are wrestling even as we speak. Hopefully we'll have the trainer on for the king as well. That'll be kind of unique talking about the addition of a women's program. And they want it done by January 1. So there's no time like the present. Matter of fact, we suggested Lauren Louive as a great coach to be added. They already have been on the phone talking. And I love that. All right, Travis Dvorak is uh, joining us now, the GM of Wild Rose Casino. Travis, my screen has died. We can't get him? We haven't got him? I went to voicemail. Okay. All right, well, then we'll spend our time talking. Leave a message, if you would, Gable. I appreciate that. By the way, Gable, you hear me talking about him. It's Gable Thompson. And Gable Thompson is uh, in studio shadowing. Is that, is that what it's called, shadowing? Yeah, yeah. Just to have another to fall back on in case there's an emergency that takes you out of the studio? Yeah, that's that's the big thing. Yeah, well, that's always good to have a backup. Absolutely. And Travis Dvorak would, if he was on the show right now, he would tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Pablo, you just had a camp here. Uh, when is the next opportunity to be Ubasa trained? Uh, actually, I just started my uh, preseason wrestling on Wednesday in Des Moines. And uh, I think we're going to start Perry next week. Next week is Perry? Yeah. Okay. So, but right Perry. now it's just trying to get people in the room. You remember Evil Knievel? Yeah. All right. Evil Knievel's grandparents were from Perry, Iowa. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So every time I would call Robbie or Evil, they would answer on the first ring if they saw the 515. Huh. And, you know, when I throw down gang signs, you know, I'm throwing down the 515. You know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not a six one two anymore. You, you know who uh, came from Perry is uh, 
Coach Gable's dad or his family. That's his right. Da- on his dad's side. A lot of strength out of Perry. Yeah. And close to Perry, by the way, is Jefferson, Iowa. What's in Jefferson? Any ideas? Any any uh, ideas at all? Isn't it that weird, like, casino? There's like No, a no, big it's casino. not weird. It's wild. It starts oh. with a W. Same thing, right. No, it's Wild oh, Rose Casino right. and Resort. The great cobblestone uh, hotel there has uh, recently been reopened. He joins us now as the GM for us and for you, Travis Dvorak. Travis, good morning. I can hear you guys when you say that weird casino. <laughs> that was her, not me. <laughs> oh, I, I take all oh, responsibility. I'll, yes, it's okay. <laughs> so I know wrestling can be an individual sport, but you're also a team sport too, there, Scott. Hey, you know what? It is a team sport. And when I look at people like um, Pablo Ubasa, who's joining us in the studio today, nobody wrestled harder out of the uh, the island state of Hawaii better than Pablo. Nobody wrestled with more heart. Uh, and there are several, but it's it's not necessarily the biggest sport on the uh, islands of Hawaii, is it, Pablo? Nope. No. Might be the last. <laughs> <laughs> There's surfing, right? Surfing. And then everything else is right below it. Yep, yep. <laughs> Travis, good morning, my friend. How good. How's it going out there in Jefferson? Everything's good. I'd make a quick comment about Hawaii, and I've never been to Hawaii. I've been to Maui, but not to the main island. But as a former Marine, I knew a lot of Marines who were stationed in Hawaii. Oh, wow. They always said running up and down those mountains and hills was just, just ghastly. I have to ask you to come. So I got to say, you've got to be in shape. You can really get in shape yeah. if you run around Hawaii, I got to assume. Oh, for sure. Well, you know, Charles Lindbergh was buried on the island of Maui, just by the seven sacred pools, his Lindbergh's burial spot, and a lot of history there from yeah. Lahaina and whale watching and only seeing tales of the giant whales. <laughs> what a rip that was. <laughs> yeah. The one time I went there, we got there a week after the whale watch, so we missed it. You missed it entirely. No yeah. tales for you. No, there's plenty to do in the island, so don't feel sorry for me. Travis, you are a, a veteran, uh, having served in the Marine Corps. Yes, I believe sir. your son is in the Marine Corps now, is he not? Army. My son's in the Army. Army, okay. Uh, he's over He's over in Italy right now, overseas, so he's getting kind of close to that action, and he's in the airplane. So I keep worrying them and get that phone call that he's shipping over, over to Afghanistan with all that nasty stuff that's going on. Somewhat of a trend going across the country is the table set with the beer in each spot times 13. Yes. You did the same. I yes believe. and no. I Emmitsburg be- got theirs done this week, and we set ours up. It'll be on display tonight. Tonight. Um, and, and we're going to do a little bit more personal here because it was 11 Marines, so it's a little more personal to me. Mm-hmm. So I've got some Marine Corps stuff out there. We've got a couple of the Marine Corps swords out there on display. We've oh got the 13 glasses, 11 Marines. We have a corps, Navy corpsman and an Army soldier, so I've got some stuff here. I've got a National Defense Medal I'm going to display. I've got my cover and my gloves I'm going to display. Um, a friend of mine out in town, um, Brett Cranston, he's a corpsman in the reserves, so it's personal to him, so he's brought his sailor cover. I think he's bringing out one of the challenge coins. He's got an Afghanistan medal that he's going to bring out. And then I've got a, a, a fellow worker here who is a retired Army Actually, he was retired. He was in Vietnam and the Persian Gulf. That's how long he was around. And he brought in a couple of stuff, too. So we're going to put a little bit of personal touch on this. But we're going to do our 13 uh, soldier uh, veteran, or 13 uh, fallen heroes this weekend. That's one thing that Wild Rose is well known for, uh, whether it be uh, tunnels to towers or, yep. uh, you know, saluting our military and enlighten, enlightening people. About, Everybody has to remember, our, the owner of Wild Rose is a Vietnam veteran. That's correct, Gary Kirk. 
And uh, what a tremendous leader. I had an opportunity to spend some time with him and Sue out at the Iowa State Fair prior to the Doobie Brothers concert. It's always good to see Gary. Uh, I don't know why he always wears a long sleeve shirt at the Iowa State Fair, though. <laughs> he's thin. He's not fat like me. He doesn't have inflammation. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to cut weight no more, so I don't. No, but you know what? You look good doing it. I got to tell you. <laughs> Travis Dvorak, our guest. Um, Travis, tell us a little bit about what's coming up entertainment-wise. Again, I have no screen here today, so I'll, I'm kind of going nope. in cold. No problem. No problem. Um, always hard to follow up all those all those good interviews you have, so I'll do my best to try to keep up. But um, tonight we have our Hotel California. It's a free concert. Um, oh, doors open at 7, shows at 8. You do have to get tickets, so you have to call the gift shop or come here. We're not quite sold out. we got a few hundred left, but I think they're all going to sell out by tonight with walk-ins. Mm. Hotel um, California. You've probably heard of Hotel California several times. Flute to the Eagles. They're, they're about as good as the Eagles. They're just they're second only to the Eagles. Um, so that's tonight. Next Friday, September 10th, again, 8 o'clock. Is when doors open at 7, shows at 8. We have Arch Allies. We moved that indoors because we're not sure what the weather's going to be like, and I don't want 50% chance of rain. I'd rather have 100% chance of show, so we're going to move it inside. All Those right. Tickets are on sale now at, online or at the gift shop. Okay, and the, and the website, by the way, to get directly to Jefferson. Would you tell them that, please? Just go. It's all one big website now. It's WildRoseResorts.com. You can go slash Jefferson if you want, or if you go to WildRoseResorts.com, it's lead you to all three of our properties, which are three parts of the state. So I know you've got listeners all throughout the state. You bet. They might want to check out Emmitsburg and Clinton. They're all three beautiful properties. You know, one of the things we love doing is remotes in front of a fight. I love being at, at the uh, casino prior to a fight. And then generally I'm so jacked up after the fight, I just drive home. Yeah. But uh, it is, it's a short drive from Des Moines, like 42 minutes. And uh, for many of us, it's it's a time to decompress. It's a time to enjoy that drive. But uh, I always love go- uh, driving through Jefferson, passing the bell tower, and, uh, you know, all that. By the way, the contributions you and uh, uh, your team, Wild Rose in general, make to the communities you serve, it is so generous. And that town has enjoyed the largesse that, that uh, your casino has provided. In other words, the the counties in much green counties a much better place in a much better place now than it was prior to the casino opening. This is a huge influx of cash to the uh, the counties, and it's not just Green County. Uh, what other counties do you contribute to? For us, um, if you take just Wild Rose Jefferson, it's our county and all the surrounding counties. So there's another five or six counties around us, but they all get contributions. Um, state loss is three percent in your county. We do 5% of our revenue, so we give more. And then what we do is do this county and all the surrounding counties because that's really all our customers are all really in that area. We want to give back to everybody that, that's um, patronizing us. Millions of dollars uh, in in a difference between 3% and 5%. I'm talking millions. That's game-changing. It's game-changing not just for the town, but you're providing job opportunities. Are you hiring right now? We're always hiring. We're like, you know, unfortunately, like everybody else, we're always looking for, for good good team members so if uh it's fun it's exciting i love my job you know that i never repeat the same day twice i'm excited about tonight um we got a lot of openings a lot of positions and we're always looking for for good people recently monty cox uh, uh promotions and extreme challenge held a combined at night in other words a hybrid of boxing and kickboxing 
I was there witnessing the whole thing. We saw some guys like Johnny Case absolutely step up. Recently, we had a big fight on the uh, national stage, and it was Tyron Woodley, former Missouri Tiger, taking on, was it Jake Paul? I yeah. think one of the Paul brothers. I can't keep up. Jake Paul. It was Jake Paul. Yeah, they, those boys get their backs up so quick, the Paul boys. But oh my God. he absolutely lit it up and beat Tyrone Woodley. Tyrone's got such fast hands, but Paul's got a big right. Can I, like, as as somebody who doesn't know wrestling or boxing, but knows, like... Jake Paul. Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah. I am so surprised that he is winning his fights. I thought he was going to get the snot beat out. <laughs> well, you know what? If I don't know. You know, they say Tyron got $2 million for that fight. Win or lose, he got two mil, right? It's about time our I'll wrestlers get standard pay and then bonuses based on performance. I don't know if I would have guaranteed him two million bucks given Paul's uh, recent performances and his ability to jack online with guys like Joe Rogan and many others. I well, mean, I think it was a pay-per-view with mm -hmm. that two million. And then uh, he had a set like a million or something. So I don't know if the total was two million plus pay per view. I'm going off of social media, Pablo, and I tell you, you got to trust social media. Everything <laughs> there is the truth. Yeah. Oh, and I got the weird property. You heard off. it here first. <laughs> yeah. And you've got the weird property. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're gonna have to send Kira up there to to uh, enjoy the uh, casino for a oh, weekend. I gosh. think you'd have a good time. I do. All right, Travis. Um, and, you know, we're keeping up with uh, uh, the Van Dykes, Gladys, and Leroy. Leroy is just, I think, did he just turn 91? That's about right. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know top of my head, but I think you're correct. Well, I tell you what. And he doesn't He doesn't look like he's that old, and no. he moves faster than you and I. Well, <laughs> I'll challenge him next time I see him. How about that? Run to the there end of the go. hallway, Leroy. <laughs> anyway. Travis, it's always good to talk to you. And you know what? When we think about entertainment, we have to include Emmitsburg and Clinton, okay? Because they have some of the same and sometimes different entertainment opportunities. Uh, you've been a GM at every single location, right? Uh, GM here, GM in Clinton. I was the assistant GM up in Emmitsburg. Mm. Well, let me tell you I worked, something. I worked at all three. They're all beautiful places. I love them all. They are. And uh, wasn't Emmits, uh, Emmitsburg built partially on water because that was the state law at the time exactly exactly but it's no longer right correct we have a nice we used to have a we had to build a pond and the, we had to have part of the casino floor had to be on top of that pond and about two years later they changed that law so we filled in that part and uh so we're completely on dirt but now we have a pond in the back that people can look at and enjoy and i gotta believe there's some fish just perhaps in the pond oh, yeah. we did you know, once that once we once we kind of close it off and just had a regular pond versus something on the casino floor, and we closed all that part off. We worked with the DNR and we did stock that uh, pond with fish. Now, do you have to have a license for that since it's private property? I would think uh, you still do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I really don't know. Doesn't the DNR? I just went out there and fish. I never used one, so don't say that. <laughs> don't, don't your, Not on everybody, radio. Everybody didn't hear that. No, nobody heard it at all. All right, Travis, give them one more time the website and the hours of operation through the weekend. WildRoseResorts.com, and we're open at 10, and we stay open until 2 in the morning. Thank you for paying tribute to our fallen heroes. That means an awful lot to me, and uh, I surely appreciate your service well, and that of your son as well. You're welcome. Don't thank us. Thank the veterans, and thank the uh, over serving today. God bless you, my friend. Especially this upcoming weekend next week. So, Amen. It's going to be a tough week for a lot of folks. Yes.
Travis Taborak has been our guest, general manager of Wild Rose Casino. We are broadcasting from the Wild Rose Casino studios here in Des Moines, Iowa, 1350 ESPN. Thanks, Travis. Thank you. That is one of the guys that gets it. He understands. And there, whatever you just did took us, took us uh, the microphones off air. So whatever it is related to that, I don't know. Great. But still <laughs> not there. Okay. Anyway, uh, Pablo, I can hear you in studio. Again, Perry. Uh, is it Wednesdays in Perry or uh, Wednesdays in Des Moines? Wednesdays, Mondays, Sunday, Monday, Wednesdays in Des Moines. And, and what then, age groups? Uh, third through 12th. Third through 12th. So yeah. you could take a going into their senior year, those that have just started, they could be preparing for. How important is the prep before the season practices start? Oh, it's very, very important in my opinion. This is the Gable way, you know. If you're going to start wrestling during the season, you're way behind. So Gable's philosophy is keep your conditioning at a okay level. Right. And then you don't need a peak as much. But when if you start it at season time, right, then you're conditioned. You got to pay catch-up. So it's the, that's the hardest part when kids play other sports or whatever. And... uh it's just, it's hard. Wrestling is a difficult sport. It surely is. I think it's, here's the deal. What I'm noticing, and, and I think it's evidenced by the most recent Olympic Games in Tokyo, right? The performance of Team America, Team USA, both in men and women, is the performance levels going up and up and up every year. And it's because kids are starting earlier and they're getting great training from guys just like you, UbasaTrain.com. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, Really, you know, every year or every Olympic cycle from U.S. is uh, it's getting younger. They're, yeah. they're competitive and get, getting really, like, uh, better at winning uh, situations when, you know, from Suhudo to who who won it this year? Um, oh, kid from Minneapolis, Gable. Gable Stevenson? Yeah, what, season only, what, 2021? He's being courted heavily by Vince McMahon of the WWE. But you, I've seen no less than 15 pictures of Vince McMahon and Gable Stevenson together. <laughs> and same with our, our uh, beautiful Olympic gold medalist in uh, 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 Tamira Stock, Mensa Stock. Yeah. Yeah. She, what a performance. And they're both looking at an extended career in the WWE. I think it's terrific. All right. So do me a favor. More with Pablo Basta as we head to hour number two. We finished up our conversation with Travis Dvorak. We are grateful for their sponsorship, and I hope you take time to uh, hit one of the three casinos. It's a great time, whether you win or you don't. It's still a great time, well spent in Jefferson, Emmitsburg, or Clinton. Stay tuned. Hour number two is coming up next. Stay tuned. Casper will be right back with more USA Takedown. Hit it. That's what we do. We do rock and roll on Friday. On 1350 ESPN, this is USA Takedown coming from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. Our guest intended was um, Miles Amin. Can you text him, Kira? Can you text him? You can use my phone if you wish. But I, I believe he confirmed. I don't know why. So, yeah, we're, we're efforting to get Miles Amin on. And Miles is a unique opportunity. Uh, by the way, check this out. Here's the um, 
here's the running text if you want to go ahead and text him. Uh, but Miles had the opportunity because of his dual citizenship where he could have made the American team or could have tried to make the American team, but instead he elected to wrestle for the country of San Marino. Now, I'm not talking about San Marino, California, the home of, of Tight Mercury Wrestling Club, but, uh, you know, I, I think uh, maybe that's where the name came from, Pablo. I don't know. But Pablo Bassa in studio this morning, Ubasa trained. You've seen the shirts. But more than anything, you've seen the evidence as borne by the athletes that are winning championships, whether it's conference championships, divisional championships, AAU titles, USA titles, doesn't matter. You've had your finger on so many uh, youngsters, both men and women, boys and girls, and it's got to be uh, re- not just reassuring but comforting to know that you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I just, now I do. When I was younger, it's, winning was the main thing in my mind but now it's like i see all the kids that i coach or like coaching college now right. you know coach doing their own clubs and it's just like making an impact is like you know and plus they, I'm, get, <laughs> I'm getting old so i just you're like, not that old by you mean you stopped competing in what 93 uh 2000 i think 2000 like, okay like, yeah I mean, what's I, what's a couple of years yeah all right, so name us a few of the guys or girls that you've coached over the years that have gone on to do really great things because they had an outstanding foundation to build on. Uh, guys I started off with, uh, Jay Borchel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's working for Stryker now. He was an NCAA champion at Iowa. And then, um, let me see, Matt McDonough. He's coaching at Cornell, and he was a two-time NCAA champion. we got uh, Derek St. John. I was just with Derek at the street league event put on by our friends at stalemates. He just yeah, set two over for me. Yeah. Yeah. Really good to see him. Yeah. He's a assistant coach at, uh, Iowa state. Iowa state. So is that hard for you to say? Uh, not really. <laughs> just because I got kids now. <laughs> yeah. it, it was hard in the beginning, but now, you know, I'm a true Hawkeye and now it's just hard because when they wrestle the Hawkeyes or whatever, play football it's just you got kids at iowa state you got kids at up up in uh, uh south dakota state you got kids went to harvard mm-hmm. all over the country and when they compete against each other it's just hard you can't you can't pick you can't be a hawkeye you want the hawkeyes to win but right you want your kids to win too well if you think about Who's in your corner? Who do you want in your corner? Probably the coach that worked with you closest, right? That's who you want. Yeah. But perhaps there is a conflict on both sides of the mat, right? Both corners. And the coach has to step away. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be a very difficult decision. I know Gable was, uh, Dan Gable was faced with that on many occasions, but he touched so many, just like you, you were trained by some of the level best. Who do you credit your success to on the mat? Uh, coach Gable. And then I had my high school coaches back home in Hawaii that kind of saved my life how so uh it was more of a I I thought I was going to be like NBA player when I was younger but really yeah I, you I got love, the height for it I, yeah and then I <laughs> got cut in high school so I wrestled and then uh I played a lot of football I think if I was like maybe 510 my career would be in football not wrestling you you present yourself as being much taller than you actually are, and that's because of the legend you've created. You came to the United States from Hawaii. How long were you in Iowa City before you had to go home? Oh, yeah, that was, well, 
long story short, I came to Iowa camps in 87. That's a long time ago, and I loved it. So I applied to uh, Iowa, and I, I got accepted. Surprise. And <laughs> I said, I'm going to go to Iowa. And then I just got, like, stayed a couple weeks, and I was, like, homesick. Plus, my dad was kind of sick, too, and I don't know. I, I didn't even make it five weeks in Iowa, and then I went home. What was your major? Uh, Did you have one yet? No, I didn't have one. But That's I, all good. <laughs> I uh, graduated in um, emphasis in... Uh, uh, Kinesiology? Well, See, whatever he rest- just did right there, Pablo, let me interrupt. Whatever he just did, absolutely. He's uh, too powerful. All he did was stand up. Yeah. That's so all let- he did. All right, Gable, you can't move anymore. Or we're going to have to ask you to leave the studio. Head to the showers, Gable. Anyway, I tell you what. Why don't we take a break? We're continuing our conversation with Pablo Basa, but I want to be able to hear everybody. Okay? So we'll take a break and reset. You're listening to USA Takedown from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. All of our guests appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline, courtesy of our friends at Defense Soap. A big special shout-out to Barbarian Apparel. I wore my new beach shirt with wrestlers on it. It's blue. And uh, there's red, white, and blue all over it. And I got to tell you, it's so comfortable. It's so lightweight. It's perfect for a day at the beach or around the pool or just hanging out at the neighborhood bar. It's a wonderful shirt. You can go online and check out Barbarian Apparel and all that they have to offer at BA or barbarianapparel.com. Stay tuned. There's more with Pablo Bassa in studio. I'm Scott Casper. Stay tuned. This is ESPN Radio. You know you like it. Have no fear. The True American will be right back with more USA Takedown. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, USA Takedown on ESPN Radio. Appreciate that opportunity to join you each and every Friday. Kira Jones producing at the helm of the mothership, and we go coast to coast, border to border about this time. And uh, Pablo Bassa is out of studio, but he'll return shortly. He'll be rejoining us. And uh, and it's and I think it's perfect for our next guest. Some of you may have heard others calling him Grandpa, and I believe that's a term of endearment. I don't know who extended Grandpa to uh, Michael, but it could be his teammates, whoever it is. I absolutely love it, and I think there are T-shirts stating that as well for Michael Kemmerer. Michael, he joins us now from the University of Iowa. Michael, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. Just uh, just hanging out. Okay, so name, image, likeness obviously is played into um, uh, wrestlers' hands in in a big way. Um, what did that do, and what did last year's? Uh, I, I hesitate to say it was a great year for wrestling because COVID, COVID really stood in our way of you know grabbing that mantle of greatness. But you've been one of those stalwarts that has recommitted. As a matter of fact. The entire Hawkeye starters, as in my opinion, and from what I understand, are returning uh, for competition this year, yourself included. How did that decision take place? Yeah, I mean, I think most guys were pretty much committed that they were going to be using this COVID year for me. It was a little bit more of a process. Just wanted to make sure I took time after season and just kind of ran my options through my head, talked to the people close to me. So, um, So some stuff went into it, but ultimately it was, you know, last year we had a very unique season and we didn't have fans in Carver and we had a shortened season, no out of conference, all that stuff. So just felt like there's, you know, part of me that wanted to be able to come back and have a 
have a normal year and one right. more chance to go out and compete with those guys. There's something special about wrestling at Carver Hawkeye. I know that uh, uh, perhaps Kevin Dresser may not enjoy it as much, bringing his Cyclones there, but I believe that uh, there was a year when uh, Tom Brands and the Hawkeyes were supposed to wrestle uh, Kevin Dresser and Virginia Tech, if you recall, and uh, Tom Brands said, not in this house. So instead, the next team to come in was was uh, uh, South South Carolina, right? Or no, NC State. It was NC State. And uh, the crowds did not let them down. I mean, that was a packed house, if you recall. It's important to notice the difference between wrestling at, at Carver Hawkeye and wrestling anywhere else in the country. It's something special. Michael, you've been there under the bright lights. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's been it's been an awesome experience. I mean, in the sport of wrestling, you don't always get the same glory maybe as a sport like football or basketball, but in the state of Iowa and especially the University of Iowa, it's just crazy the the support. When you go out and wrestle in that arena, you can feel the energy, you can feel the knowledge of the fans and the history, all that stuff that that has happened there. You feel like you're a part of, you know, one of the biggest things in wrestling. So it's it's been such a blessing to be able to wrestle there. One of the great things in wrestling is the opportunity to have guys like Pablo Basso stop by and co-host the show. He joins us now. Pablo, uh, Michael Kemmer, just your opinion of Michael, not just his grandpa, but a team leader. Yeah, he's a, he's a uh, good Hawkeye, I think. <laughs> I think he's one of the best Hawkeyes. <laughs> yeah, yep. He, he, um, he wrestles with uh, tact, obviously, uh, dedication, and he's endurable. In other words, very durable, I should say, uh, as a uh, athlete. But he knows that he wants to go out giving the level best. And and it was just, uh, was it last year uh, you got your first Big Ten championship? Yep, yep, last year was my first. And up to that point, or at the end of the season, I think you were at 86-8 and eight for the Hawkeyes, never finishing less than fourth at the NCAAs. I'd like to think that this is your year to do both. Again, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's always the plan. Um, so for now, it's just taking it one day at a time and getting better every day. But, yeah, those are the goals. And you could ask anyone on the team that's going to be their goals. So excited to get, get going on that. Well, here's here's what I think is notable, right? Uh, you became the 22nd four-time All-American in program history. Okay? That's four-time All-American. You have an uh, opportunity to become the first five-time All-American in program history. You realize that? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't really thought about that too much. But I mean, anytime you can be the first to do something in the Iowa wrestling program, that's that's usually pretty tough to do. And I, yeah. I don't know a lot wouldn't have had that opportunity, but that's that's pretty funny. So if we can talk about, I mean, high rankings. Obviously, Spencer Lee just signed a deal with Rudis, right? And and guys like you uh, partner up with. Is it Mark Ironside your guy? Yep. Yep. Ironside's the guy. Uh, there's a guy that everybody thought, well, he's not going to be a good broadcaster. turns out he's a great broadcaster. He understands the sport, has passions, tells it like he sees it. He may not agree with the Hawkeyes, you know, and he's going to let you know. But at the same time, you know, tried and true, that guy's uh, blood runs deep and true. That guy is a tremendous asset. He understands the marketing that and the, and the hurdles that one must uh, go over in terms of marketing oneself. You understand now, given the opportunity, you understand that you are indeed a brand. You're not just a Hawkeye. You are Michael Kemmer. That's a special opportunity. How are your thoughts about how it's going on? I haven't heard any uh, rough roads out there at all. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, it's been good. I mean, it's something that's kind of been been coming for a while, and it's just it's just nice to have the opportunity to. I mean, for for a lot of us, this is this is like a big time in our life when we're we are able to build that brand. So just being able to capitalize on that, and especially for a guy like a Spencer Lee, who is a, a superstar, not only of college wrestling, but he's known for for just being one of the the best college athletes. And um, so for someone like him, it's it's really even bigger but it's been it's been awesome it's been a cool thing to kind of be the pioneers and the first ones to go through this experience you know that is exactly it that's a pioneer spirit you know people will say oh, you can't do that or why are you doing that well because i can michael you've been a uh, incredibly physical athlete for the university of iowa but more than anything you continue to learn it's like pablo Bosa's training kids from third grade all the way up to the senior year in high school you know, he's been able to touch on uh, so many great athletes and have a touch on so many great athletes. Who has affected your career as an athlete? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been so many people. I mean, just starting off from a young age with my parents and the support they've given me and coming up through Western PA, through Franklin Regional and the clubs there and Young Guns and um, just just a lot of cl- clubs there that I was at. You know, when I was younger, it was All-American and Pitbull, and there's Quest Wrestling out there. I mean, there's there's so many good wrestlers and good clubs out there. And then coming into college with um, with the Hawkeyes and having the brands and Morningstar and Telford and the Hawkeye Wrestling Club, I mean, it's like I've just been blessed with an endless amount of mentors and people to help build my wrestling. The coaching staff at Young Guns is, uh, is it Strip Matter? Yep, Jody, yep. Jody Strip Matter. Yeah, I'm closer to you than uh, you think, maybe. How, how so? Um, I, re- I used to wrestle uh, Jody all the time um, when he was a little bit older than him. And then uh, I'm really good friends with Cookman, the family. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's something going on in Pennsylvania. I'm not, I don't know if it started with uh, Kale moving to you know State College or not, but... There's something going on. There are clubs popping up all around the state. And, uh, you know, these are highly marketable, highly and reputable uh, kids in terms of uh, style and technique. Well, it goes way back. Um, when I was, even 20 years ago, when I was still coaching um, McDonough and Borchelle and Pennsylvania, they didn't even need to go to uh, other states to um, wrestle. Right. They would just. They could have stayed in state. In state, and then if you see them at like uh, down in Tulsa or whatever big tournaments, they just they light still, it up. Yeah, they just <laughs> yeah. Michael, um, from Young Guns, uh, did you always have um, the Hawkeyes on your radar as far as a possibility of where you would like to go wrestle as a uh, young athlete? Yeah, I would say the Hawks were kind of the first team that I was really exposed to. I started wrestling for young guns i think i was in sixth grade and um i really didn't follow college wrestling much up to that point i just kind of wrestled but didn't really know much about the college programs and jody would talk about his experiences out there and and how much he loved it and at the time they won three national titles in a row like 08 09 10 around then so they were just kind of me the 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 epitome of what i wanted my wrestling to look like and my dream was to go and wrestle for iowa so you know, to finally be here and, and live in that dream has been awesome. But that was definitely the the first school that I was ever really, really, you know, watching closely. And who was I on the phone with yesterday? Josh Jeva. Okay. Uh, and don't ask me to spell it. I probably could if I tried, but 
It won't be easy, but it's pronounced Jeva. And Josh and I were talking about marketing and promotion of uh, the shows and, and of course, wrestling in general. But, um, you know, that's a kid that cried every time dad and uncle said, hey, go, go in and go to bed. He wanted to stay on the wrestling mat in the garage. I remember oh, talking yeah. to him as a kid because the passion was real. And um, uh, I, listen, it, it's a different experience for everybody. But how has your experience been, life on campus, you know, intermingling your, your efforts as a scholar-athlete? I mean, you were academic All-Big Ten, uh, letter winner, NWCA scholar-athlete. You know, aside from your athletic prowess, you've done rather well in the classroom. Yeah, it's it's been a... It's been a good experience just because, um, you know, academics has always been important to me. My parents always push me academically, and I, I do love to learn. So um, it's been awesome just being able to be the best I can be wrestling here and then going to class, doing the best I can in class. I've been here, obviously, calling me grandpa because I'm going on my seventh year here. You know, I've been <laughs> able to get an undergrad degree and a master's degree. So it's really been a great experience and um, pretty much everything I could get out of the college experience I've been able to get. So you can't ask for much more. What's the, what's the master's in? Uh, finance. Finance. So okay. Undergrad and, and master's are both the, the same in finance. Well, that I tell you what, anybody has the, uh, the wherewithal to stick it out and get a master's degree. And I think so many wrestlers go in as an assistant coach and stay around maybe as a club coach but stay around and take the benefit of going after a uh, extended degree. In, in this case, your master's. I think that says an awful lot about you and uh, also the institution. Um, it's, it's something special. Okay. To be a Hawkeye. I'm one. I was Herky 83, 83. I think everybody knows that and is probably tired of hearing it. <laughs> That's my claim to fame, but Pablo, you're a Hawkeye. Yep. Michael's a Hawkeye in studio. We have a guy named Gable Thompson. Yeah. I'm sure his first name is a Hawkeye. Were you named after Dan Gable? Yes, you were. Okay. That's how many Gables have you met over the years, Michael Cameron? There's a bunch in there. Oh, especially coming out to Iowa. I think <laughs> Gable is probably one of the most common names. You, you, it's, it's incredible to see. It's awesome. Yes, beating John, Tom, and Mike. <laughs> Gable's number yeah. one. Um, okay, so describe what um, Mark Ironside has put together for you, what's on the drawing board in terms of product that people can buy to help you realize your goals, your dreams, and uh, some financial wherewithal. Right, yeah. So with the NIL, basically we're able to, to start making money off our name. So talk to Ironside and about, you know, that's his business. He's, he's in that apparel business. So mm -hmm. he talked about, Help me out to basically set up an online store and I've been putting it out on my social media. People can go to the online store through Tuesday, September 7th and order gear. It's all Grandpa Mike right now. So it's sweatshirts, shirts, <laughs> women's shirts, there's cutoff sweatshirts. You got all the, all the different gear, long sleeves. So uh, that's going to be open through Tuesday and then the orders will start shipping out by the end of the month. So um, yeah, super excited about that and trying to get some more stuff out in the future as well back in the 70s uh wrestlers football players were well known to wear uh, wear a half shirt in other words oh yeah you know <laughs> do you have a half shirt i don't have a half shirt but I, I mean definitely could buy the shirt and cut it up and make it look like a half shirt well yeah i mean if you've got the abs you might as well show it while you can the, the kids nowadays call them crop tops. Crop tops. Is crop. that, is that yep. what they call yep. them? Yes. Crop top. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. There's nothing more endearing 
than seeing an athlete that understands, hey, I got a six-pack, dude. Look at it, okay? Look at it. These are, these. Are, what are these muscles here, Pablo? Right here. What are these? It's, it's on the side. I don't. I got some love handles. One. Well, I'm talking about underneath the love handles. Okay. It's obliques. Obliques. <laughs> obliques so there. Yeah. Okay. If you got obliques, by God, you want to show them off. Okay. And there's just so much going on. There, it truly is. All right. So, Michael, what what does an average T-shirt set you back? Um. I gotta. I'd have to look on the spot at different prices for different things. Um, well, just ball, basically, ball basically you get you get a t-shirt. It's like twenty bucks. Okay. And then the long sleeves are twenty bucks. Um, you get into the crew neck. It's thirty-five bucks. Sweatshirt forty bucks. So just kind of depends on what you want. We have a couple of youth things too. Some youth t-shirts, youth sweatshirt. So and then we got the women's. Shirt, short sleeve and long sleeve. So there's a lot of good options there. Okay. So when I was at Iowa, it was always a joy to cross the river, to spend time at the field house, to spend time with Gable and the boys. And I was invited by the way, that's why we do this very show. It's my opportunity to repay Dan Gable for allowing me to become part of the family. And that's why we do this show each and every week to raise the awareness, to, to raise the capital that's needed to fund the sport and its regrowth. And we're seeing wrestling grow like crazy right now. I can't remember what the recent NWA, NWCA, NCWA, that's it, NCWA's uh, recent numbers are, but it's in the 90s of programs either restarted or added, where there's a women's program's added, a program added, there's a men's, where there's a men's program added, like a Presbyterian, that's the nation's first division one a uh, wrestling institution for women and men out of Presbyterian. They put all kinds of resources to it, but now it's self-sufficient. I love that about wrestling. We've always been battling uh, the tide in an athletic department, but right now wrestling is leading the way. I got to believe for guys like you, Michael, it's, it's rather endearing because when you started your wrestling career, wrestling was not in a great place, but it surely is in a much better place right now. It's in good hands. Would you agree with that? I would say it's definitely in good hands. I mean, um, just the amount of access to, to to wrestling has changed so much just from the time I was younger. And, and it just, just seems like every couple of years, more and more stuff's coming out. Uh, more and more guys are, are helping to grow the sport. It's getting a lot more coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really It's really been pretty cool to see. When you can go to the NCAAs, okay, and I'm the host of the Fan Festival, so I'm in a different building usually. But when you go to the NCAAs, you see the passionate family that wrestling has produced. And that's for me, that says it all. It's not just about my paying back Gable. It's about my paying back the sport that is literally, if I don't do this show, I have an, I have a real problem dealing with the rest of the week. I truly do. It's, it's such an endearing because wrestlers have never been Pablo. You know, this wrestling wrestlers have never been big about bragging. Uh, about their prowess, about their skill set. It's, uh, you know, wrestling has been pretty much a private sport. Would you say that's true? Uh, I totally agree. Very much a personal sport. Now we're starting to see these athletes like you, Michael, you know, taking that opportunity with the NIL, the name image likeness rule, as handed down by uh, the NCAA. But NCAA, for me, can only do one thing more and then take hands off, and that's to recognize women's wrestling, Okay, on college campuses, welcome all Division One programs around the country, 
and and then just back off. I don't want to see them slow roll as an emerging sport. I think we've done our work. I think we've done our homework. The proof is in the pudding. Division three is strong. Division two is strong. JUCO is even strong. Now we need Division one. And once we hit Division one, uh, complace, com- compliant with NCAA, guess what will happen? Those Division two and Division three schools will matriculate up to become Division one schools. Yeah, is Iowa? I heard Iowa's gonna. That's maybe? that's why where I was going with it. You beat beat me to the punch, <laughs> oh. Michael. What are you hearing on campus as far as women's wrestling at the uh, University of Iowa? Yeah, from what I've heard, that they're working on it. They're working on getting that going. I mean, I think it's great for the sport, like you said. I think that a lot of things in wrestling are going the right way, and I think that it's it's a matter of time before it's before it's going to be extremely prevalent. And yeah, they just gotta they gotta put the finishing touches on it and get it going because it's just a, just a whole nother avenue that can grow our sport. Mm, and I love that word growth. I remember challenging Bobby Douglas and Dan Gable. This is years ago. I was hosting an on-stage uh, one-on or two-on-one interview session with those two, and I said, "Fellas, before we go out on stage, I want you to do me a favor: change your vocabulary." And and uh, Douglas said, "What are you What are you talking about?" Gable sat up a little bit with some earnest. I said, "I need you to stop telling people wrestling is dying." Okay, and and they did. That's when they changed their vocabulary. They understood that wrestling was challenging and challenged, like it was in the Olympic program. But I think what we needed to do at that point is stop telling people we're sick. Nobody wants to go in the hospital to visit a sick person, right? Nobody wants to put their money or an effort and love behind a sport that is dying. No. And instead, we turned a mighty corner. I think it's when John Saatchi at Rutgers retired. I, I truly do. I think I can mark it almost to the day. But once Saatchi retired, because he was one of the old guard coaches that said, no, there's no place for women's wrestling. Well, let me tell you something. There is. And, and we're seeing the benefit of it. We're seeing men's programs like Stanford, for example. That was a huge get for wrestling to be able to maintain that program in uh, California. And it was big for the Big 12, too, or the Pac-12, rather. Michael, you, you've, you've seen some uh, great moments. I have as well. I have to ask you about a one particular contest. Given the opportunity, would you match up one more time against Mark Hall? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I think that's something that everyone would like to see and something that I, I would like to do, something he would like to do. Um, you know, I know he's still wrestling freestyle and I'm playing wrestling freestyle after I'm done with, with my NCAA career. So well, thank it'd the be good great Lord. to wrestle again. <laughs> I would hesitate. I would, I would hate, hesitate is not the word. I would hate to know that once done at the collegiate level that you are done wrestling, you have so much more to give. How are you? Health-wise, we all know Spencer Lee's sad story about the knee and uh, excuses are for wusses, but, uh, uh, you know, that that's a tremendous guy. What a great athlete. What a great friend for the sport. But uh, given that opportunity, how is your health going into uh, this quarter, this semester, and prepping for the big run toward an NCAA championship? Yeah, it's great. Um, just doing the things to get better and, and staying healthy and, I've had enough time in the room now in the program where you can kind of start to take on that veteran role where you can, you can be your best coach, you know, you're your own best coach. And um, so it's kind of more of an independence where I know when I need to push a little more, I need to back off a little more, just kind of being independent and realizing that maybe you gotta, you gotta take some things a little bit differently from when you were 18 to when you were now and 
it's been awesome. The, the coaches are so good at, you know, individualizing and doing what's best for each guy. So we've been keeping me healthy and keeping me ready to go. Most wrestlers will tell you it's not about the show. Okay. I think it is. I think it is about the show that's being provided by the best athletes on planet earth. Okay. We go back to 27, 2018 season. Most pins fastest time award pinning four opponents in nine minutes, 54 seconds at the Midlands championships. One of your very great performances. How do you feel looking back at that? Yeah, there's definitely satisfaction with that. Uh, you always want to go out there and wrestle an entertaining style. And Tom Brands always says we're in the entertainment business, and we really are. You go out there, you want to put on a show, and um, you know let all that that practice shine on the mat. So um, you know, pinning guys—that's the best thing you can do. So that was that was a good feeling getting that. Have you ever applied a spladle either by accident or intentional? <laughs> I honestly have never hit a spladle. I don't think in a match. I think I've hit it in practice before, but um, I did get spladled once when I was like nine or ten years old. So um, I'm a, I might be over for one in the spladle <laughs> category. And that, of course, invented by the great Wade Chalice, a guest on this program, my co-host at the NCAA Final Four show, along with Nate Carr Sr., and uh, what, a, what a, a tremendous move. And, man, I tell you what, it does look uncomfortable when applied, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, a, that's not one that you want to be, be in. Teammates you are most likely to miss this year. Who are they? To miss? What do you mean no, by that? In other words, that, that aren't, yeah, aren't with the program any longer. Uh, oh. They've graduated. For whatever reason, they're no longer uh, in the room. Yeah, yeah. So this year was definitely interesting because a lot of guys got that COVID relief. So you know, all of our starters came back, but there are there are some other guys that left the program. Um, they just they graduated. Kind of time for them to move on. Carter Happel, he's an Iowa guy, four time right. Iowa State champ. His his energy coming into the room is just always awesome, and he's just he's just a great guy to be around. Was a really great teammate. Uh, Justin Stickley's another guy. Actually, uh, Mariah Marinelli, our director his cousin and he was same thing great guy to be around always brought the room up um you know but we had a, we had a lot of guys you know ax me or connor corbin and then there's there's so many guys it's such a tight group that you know did we lose him that, that stick there he is okay um of the big guys that have been in the room in, during your tenure okay your estimation and i think i might know who you're gonna guess but i'm not gonna give it away of the heavyweights, who is uh, who's the one that you admired the most in terms of style, technique, dedication, determination? Of heavyweights, yeah, pure heavyweight weight class. You bet. Oh, that's, that's. I mean, right now it's been it's been awesome watching Tony Cassiope and the growth growth that he's made in the room and Huge. the strides he's making all the time. So he's fun to watch. But then I love Sam Stoll too because. That guy was, he was a great teammate and fun to watch. And so it's hard. I'm kind of, I'm kind of hard at picking one guy because I do like all these guys. It's a family. It's a family, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. In 2017, 2018, you shared the most pins award with Sam Stoll. Each of you gathered up 10. That's quite an honor to share the stage with him. And I'm sure he would echo that sentiment. Um, For me, it's always hard to see you guys graduate. I couldn't be a head coach. It'd be like raising a dog than giving it away. Uh, I, seriously, I, I could not do it. It'd break my heart. 
I've often asked coaches around the country in one-on-one interviews what their thought about that is. You, you have to distance yourself from that emotion, I think, because you understand that when they get there, they're most likely going to be there for four or five years at the, at the most. But seven years, Michael, <laughs> does it ever get old? It doesn't get old. It really doesn't. I, uh, you know, I just, I've just had such a good experience and it's something that's a really special time in my life. I think that I'm going to look back on someday and just being a part of that team, that super close team, that tight family culture and all going after the same goals, that high standard. I mean, that's just not something that necessarily you might be able to have your whole life. Some people do, I guess, but just, just trying to live in the moment right now, take it all in being, on a team, a family with 35 other guys or whatever it is. You know, for me, there's no sense of urgency in the seventh year. This is the icing on the cake that you've baked. Okay. And your sisters, I'm sure Julia, Marissa, Christina, Elizabeth, I think they all are very, very proud of you, especially your, your twin sister, Marissa. Are you guys fraternal or are you, uh, what do they call yeah. that? Uh, there's identical and fraternal fraternal. Okay. Are you, tw- uh, and Marissa fraternal or identical? We're fraternal. Yeah. And she actually, I ought to give her a shout out because she just had a, a baby girl about a month ago. So, uh, pretty exciting times. Uncle grandpa. That's what it is. Yep. That's your next yep, t-shirt so right cool. there. Uncle oh grandpa. <laughs> I think Ironside yeah. could run with that. Don't you? How, oh, many, yeah, I like how many wrestlers have we interviewed that have either known or been a twin? Oh it's my goodness. Lot. Wrestling is the sport for twins. They drive each other. Look at the Brands brothers, look at the Steiner brothers. <laughs> um, and, and there's so many other examples. The Waters <laughs> boys that went on to uh, careers as Navy SEALs, uh, wrestled at American. Uh, but we see more twins in wrestling. And there are dozens that I'm not naming. Obviously, I don't have them in front of me. But the there's something about twins. And I remember the story that Royce Alger tells about Royce and Gable going up to uh, the brand's home, right? They went down to the basement and there were holes in the wall made in the drywall by one of them running their head into the drywall. Okay. And probably both, but Gable uh, Royce came up from the basement and uh, after seeing these two compete and draw around or whatnot, the two uh, brands boys, what he said, he says, should we, what do you think? Should we sign these guys? And, uh, I think, uh, uh, Royce said, if we don't, they're going to kill each other. <laughs> and I think that's probably true. I really love that about our sport. There's certain endearing things that I just love about our sport and the opportunity for a great education certainly has been embraced by you, Michael. We appreciate you taking the time. Tell them a website, tell our listeners a website they can go to, to buy your gear. Yeah, so um, it's in the link is in my my bio on my Instagram and my Twitter, um, but it's Michael Dash Kemmer dot Itemorder dot com. I believe is what the website is. Do me a favor, um, tag me on um, on Twitter. You can do that on Twitter, right? You can tag me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll send yep. it out to all of our followers on the radio program and my personal stuff as well. I want to be a part of your success. You've been a part of the success of this show. I don't know how many times you've been on, but it's several. And I appreciate each and every one because it's our opportunity to get to know you outside of Singlet and on a mat. I think it's terrific. Yep, I appreciate it. I love being on, and, and uh, thanks for having me. Give our best to your mom and dad, Ray and Beth, okay? Yeah, tell, yep, Tommy, tell Tommy and Terry. 
Yeah, said, tell, yeah, and just and say Scott and Pablo said what's up. I'll let them know, <laughs> and then throw a gang sign five one five. Okay, <laughs> Michael, God bless you, my friend. Continued success. We're looking forward to seeing you more than ever this year. Yeah, thank you. There we go. One of the absolute level best Hawkeyes of all time, Michael Kemmerer. There's so many Hawkeye greats. I gotta believe, but you know he was trained by one of the level best and Jody Stripmatter as well, and Mauser. His high school coach, Eric Mauser, what a what a great coach and a club coach at that, uh, and a high school coach, an outstanding member of our society, and that is the Society and the Brotherhood of Wrestlers. We'll take uh, time out here on the live line. We're appreciating the opportunity to present our program to you each and every week, courtesy of our friends at Wild Rose. And here.com, the best hearing aids, the best prices, incredible customer service. Earl Hall knows what I'm talking about. I think you will, too. Stay tuned. More with Pablo Bassa in studio and do up Reese Humphreys, the return of the mighty athlete that is Reese Humphreys. He'll be back or will be back on the other side of the break. This is USA Takedown. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Joe Rogan said, that stuff is awesome. I just ordered a ton of it and use it every day. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. Scott Casper, Pablo Bassa in studio. If you know that name, Pablo Bassa is because he has trained so many great kids. They turn out to be outstanding collegiate wrestlers. And yes, some even on the international stage as well. One of those cats um, that I've always looked to because he is an incredible athlete, an outstanding dancer, a gymnast, somebody that can transform his body at the drop of a hat. I know there's hard work that goes into it. Don't get me wrong but he's able to get the most out of his performance. And that's Reese Humphreys. He rejoins the program. Reese, how are you? Oh, there you are. I'm doing great, man. How you doing? <laughs> I th- I'm good. I think the first time that you and I actually got to meet was in the wrestling room. And uh, Russ Hellickson was then the head coach. Mitch Clark was there. Uh, my goodness sake, I mean, that room was well populated with some outstanding athletes. But you were one of those standout guys. And... Uh, I remember seeing, I didn't know you could dance. Okay. I see you putting up <laughs> dancing videos all the time and also some outstanding athletic uh, and gymnastic uh, stuff you were able to put together. Who was your, um, your partner on a stage show? Uh, oh, well, yeah, JD Bergman JD. on there. And then yeah. I, I also spent a ton of time dancing with uh, Travel. <laughs> like, there's, there's this group called Late Twins. Yeah. That's, uh, they're brothers and they're phenomenal dancers. So Travel and I, we call ourselves Lay Oppie Seats because <laughs> he's humongous and I was a tiny guy back then. Right. And uh, we had our, we were getting our dancing up. <laughs> you really, I think you bring the best out in people, whether it's your family or those around you, wrestlers, coaches. I would say that's true. And uh, it's one of the things I found uh, and find very endearing about you. Uh, you've been able to be the best possible person. I don't know where that comes from. Maybe your parents, I'm not sure. But you're highly and equally praised for your work on the sidelines as much as you were an athlete. But this time now as a coach, talk to us about the transition, and then we're going to get into where you are and what you're doing. But transitioning from athlete to coach, how difficult was that? So it's still difficult, you know, so I still want to compete every day and, uh, but coaching is competing. And so I get that 
to get the itch that I want to be on the mat all the time. Uh, if you watch me in the back while I'm getting my guys ready, I will be sweating. I'll be working out with the guys, feeling like I'm ready to go into war with them. And I think that's part of that reason why I get the most out of people. They know that I'm in there with them. We've done the work together. Uh, I'm just getting out of practice now. I wrestled Nate Jackson, who is ranked number one in the world at Woof. 92 kilos, Woof. a full match today. Oh my. oh, my. I am putting my body on the line daily for these guys, and they know it. They know that uh, if this 35-year-old veteran guy uh, is putting in more work than them, then they need to step up. So uh, we are doing it together, <laughs> and we're trying to get the best out of everybody, and I think that's what all the best coaches do. They put the work in, they are there for their guys, and the guys respond in a good way, and uh, that's what we're doing at the NJRTC. And that's exactly where we're going next. Before we get to there, okay, i got to ask you about Lance Palmer. Did Lance Palmer ever take you to his house, right, his home, and Uh allow you to wrestle bears? (laughs) No, I never went back home with Lance, but Lance is uh, actually still working out with me. Uh, he's training. He's a fighter now. He's been in MMA. He's a two-time world champion for PFL, uh, the Fight League. Pro Fighters League, right. Pro Fight League, yep. And uh, so he works on his wrestling with us. So that's been amazing to connect with him through college. And then uh, even in my senior level, we were training together. And now in our professional worlds, we're still finding time to get to each other. He's one of my best friends. And, uh, man, it's just, it's been awesome to reconnect with him. He's got his fight camps whenever he's training. Uh, he does those in Jersey, works out with guys like Frankie Edgar, and he's got a lot of great jiu-jitsu guys and striking guys here. So he does maybe six weeks before, and he does his wrestling out here with us. So it's just been uh, a really good situation for him. He's had a lot of success. So I never got back to wrestle the bears with him, but <laughs> there's enough bears and animals in our room yep. to, to know what that's like. All right, so... Transitioning, uh, you get first place Indiana State Championships, right? High school. Uh, first place yeah. Junior Greco. Uh, second place Junior Freestyle. Third place Junior Greco. All in that first that year, uh, 2002 to 2005. You took first place at the Indianas uh, in 2002, 2003, th- 2005, 2004, and five. How has wrestling changed from that first year uh, at Indiana State Championships where you won that title? How has wrestling changed? Uh, do you see it as being more competitive, or are we just better prepared now? Yeah, I think it's definitely more competitive. My dad and I get in this argument all the time. He <laughs> thinks his era was the best. Of course. And we see this all the time, of course, right? <laughs> and he thinks that uh, today's era is less technical. And wrestling is one of the few sports where you can actually have this argument. If you look at track, everybody's obviously getting faster. You can just look at the times. Wrestling could be potentially better and i only say this <laughs> because uh i don't want to crush his soul because i personally know for a fact that we are better today so it is getting more competitive the training's better the coaching's better these kids are training for cadet world titles uh, at a young age they're training full-time all year round they're wrestling with the highest level from high school i remember when i was on the world team i was wrestling guys like dayton fix and yanni yakima hollis and that's such an advantage because it's, it's pretty hard to raise above the ceiling of the room that you're in. Right. But if that ceiling is world-class caliber, you can rise up to it a lot faster uh, having the access to those guys as workout partners. So uh, the competition is getting better and better. And 
USA is getting better and better. And you, I think you saw that at the Olympic championships, uh, at the Olympic games. And, uh, and we're just going to continue to keep getting better because of all these RTCs and the access to the world senior class guys. And, uh, I mean, so I think it's clear, uh, don't tell my dad, but he's wrong. <laughs> I love your dad, by the way, he's, he's been on the show. I love your dad. He's, he's wrestling through and through and you're right. His era was pretty darn good. Um, all right. So Reese, I just saw a picture of a fella that was uh, in the Midwest for quite some time, now heading back east, closer to home, if you will. Um, and I saw him in a T-shirt for the very first time, and I think it was the logo of your club, right? Your RTC? Uh, where is this? In the Midwest. We're in Jersey. Right. No, I, I, I get that. No, there's a guy leaving the Midwest and heading to Jersey, and he just had his first photo shoot wearing the team gear. Was that for you guys, or was it? Was it Penn or who was that? I'm trying to think. Was it Jordan? Who, who are you talking about? Jordan you know? Burroughs. Yeah, Jordan Burroughs. Oh, no. He's going to Penn RTC. Ah, Penn. okay. Penn RTC. That's close. So, well, it is <laughs> so very I close. Do, uh, I've been hanging out with him. So Have Jordan it? and I go way back. His first world team was 2011, which was my first world team. And then he just never stopped winning. Uh, he's the, <laughs> the greatest of all time I, in my eyes. Mine too. Uh, he showed me so much. And, uh, but yeah, it's, he's back East, which is maybe an hour from us. So I actually, uh, have a pretty cool story. So yeah. since he's been back, I got him and Jaden Cox is with us now at the NJRTC, but Jordan's at 10 RTC, which is close to us. So we're obviously trying to collaborate as much as possible to get my guys hands on him as much as possible, because he's, uh, he's the greatest, not only on the mat, but off, he's just a phenomenal guy. So I got Jaden myself. Jordan, Nate Jackson, and a few other guys to go into the studio and record a song. A what? So we're, still, we're still working on it. <laughs> so be on the lookout for a Jordan Burroughs highlight, Jaden Cox, Nate Jackson remix. <laughs> and uh, it is just, it's so fun because wrestling's it. such a grind. It's so hard all the time. Yep. It's good to get our wrestling family together outside of the wrestling room. And uh, that's one thing that we've done in Jersey uh, very well and why we're so close is because uh, we're friends and we, we're going to do all these different side projects together. And, man, I'll tell you what, the guys that are the best in the world at something, uh, if you give them a task, they, they get obsessed with it and then they get ultra-focused and they turn out with whatever they're doing to be a phenomenal project and, Jaden and Nate and Jordan are some of the most intellectual guys I know, yep. and uh, I'm excited to see how this project finishes out. Reese Humphrey, our guest, and uh, uh, you know, absolutely, I go back to my first touch in Columbus, okay? And I remember going to the facility. You guys shared it with uh, gymnastics, I think, and uh, fencing, right? Fencing? Was that the Steelwood facility, or is that before the Steelwood? No, that was Steelwood. That was Steelwood. Okay. Now, there, is it a freestanding facility on campus at uh, Ohio State? Yeah, it's uh, so they compete there. Okay. And they had it's pro it could be the best room in the world. Mm. What they have now, I've only been back to it one time, but it's phenomenal. Uh, and Tom Ryan is one of the best. Period. Wrestling coaches, CEO, businessmen, fundraisers in the in the game, and so he was a great mentor to me. 
and uh, the Buckeyes are always going to have a place in my heart, and they definitely have one of the coolest rooms. I'd love to make it back there at some point. I've owned this, Pablo and Reese. I've owned this idea that I thought the regional training centers would absolutely kill Colorado Springs. In fact, it's made for more opportunities for athletes to be better, to be better funded, uh, and to compete in various events around the world. I think wrestling is much better now. See, I've changed my mind. And I'm not a, a, a you know, remiss in admitting to fault. Okay? My fault was in that opinion. I believe the regional training centers have breathed or, or put new life into our sport in a big way. Would you agree with that, Reese? The RTCs have changed wrestling uh, to a way that they'll never go back to the way it was before. Uh, they, like I said earlier, these younger kids who are RTC qualified get their hands on guys like uh, Jordan Burroughs or Jaden Cox or Nate Jackson, who's ranked number one. Uh, and it, it makes such a difference to see that technique and to be around guys who are doing it the right way and who are actually successful uh, at the highest level. So the RTCs are, are they've changed American wrestling and they are going to continue to do so. And we're, we're just, we're on a path to be the best in, in the world. And um, we had a great Olympics and we ended up second. Uh, we lost by five points to Russia. Uh, actually, yeah, the ROC, you can't even call them Russia because they, <laughs> they were supposed to be in trouble. But uh, yeah, man, we are, we're on a path. We wrestled great. And uh, our young guys like Gable Stevenson are, are, are at that level so early because of the RTCs. I got to ask you your opinion of Gable. He's been largely outspoken. He's not afraid to stir the pot, come on podcasts or radio shows just like this. But that is a very big breath of fresh air. When you can see a kid do a backflip like he does and he hangs in air, I don't know where that center comes from, but it seems like he's in the air so long before he lands and he always sticks it. That's a that's an incredibly big man with a, a tremendous athletic ability. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I just get a big smile on my face when you start talking about Gable. Like, I mean, they couldn't have happened to a, a better guy. Right. And it's like he's always been super talented. And within the past couple years, I think like after he lost in the NCAA finals and in the Big Ten finals his freshman year, it lit a fire under him. And he was like, well, I'm not losing again. And he put the work in. He got better technically. And he's made for freestyle, and he won the NCAAs, won the Hodge, made the Olympic team, won the Olympics. <laughs> well. He literally didn't lose again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, and I mean, uh, I've spent a lot of time with Gable. We're good friends. Uh, we like the group that I coach, and he fits right in. So we we spent a lot of time overseas. We actually climbed a volcano, an active volcano, on horseback. <laughs> when we were in Guatemala for the Pan Am Championship. So we've done some cool stuff together, and uh, the friends that you make on those wrestling trips turn out to be friends for life. So I was so happy watching him, and uh, especially the way that it was done, right? Like, started out winning. I think they got a call against him, and then he was losing by three with 10 seconds left, and sure enough, he found a way. So uh, Olympic champ and the future who knows what is in store for my man gable but i know it's going to be something phenomenal well i can't tell you how much i enjoy watching you progress uh through the coaching ranks but i I gotta tell you i think you're in a good place to make a huge difference and perhaps that's been your greatest goal all along 
but uh, the difference you're making is absolutely phenomenal. We are better for it, and I'm talking about we as in Team USA, but the individual athletes, understand. you understand what it takes to get there. You've been there, done that. And I had this conversation with both Joe and Dan Russell yesterday via phone, but we had a, uh, an outstanding conversation about guys that have made a difference. Guess who whose name came up? A cat named Reese. Can you imagine that? Wow. I, th- I think yeah. that's, that's high praise. That is high praise. Joe Joe is phenomenal. I, I know Joe uh, really well. We've been on a lot of trips together, and, and that is really high praise. So I, I feel good about that. And it, it, as much as we've accomplished, and it's like the NJRTC has been around for three years, and when I tell people that, they're like, come on, you guys have been around for like 10 because <laughs> we've done so much. We stepped on so quick. Um, but for me, it still feels very quick, and it feels like I'm still a baby in this game. I'm learning so much. And um, we're, we're building this program to where it can continue to grow. And, I mean, this, we're really still only just getting started. Do so uh, hopefully we can keep, keep making a difference in Team USA. And, uh, man, I, it's, that's cool. That's some cool stuff to hear. Reese, do me a favor. Tell, Gable changes his phone number about every week, okay? And I, I think I th- I'm serious about that. And I think I'm probably four or five numbers away from it. What it is now. Do me a favor. Ask him to give me a call. I'd love to get him back on the show. Okay. That'd I be will. awesome. And by the way, uh, praise to you and your family for doing things and making it very public. You're having fun with your life. I praise you on that. Your family's obviously the beneficiary of that attitude and uh, performance. I just love that. Just keep it up. Keep it up, my friend. I will. I will. That's what life's all about, keeping your family happy and being happy yourself. And uh, we're doing it on the mat. We're doing it off the mat. I'm doing it in my house. Yep. My guys basically live at my house. They're in and out all day. <laughs> we lift at my house, and then they hang out for way too long. And, <laughs> and my wife is, is in this as much as anybody. So we got to thank her and thank my kids for putting up with all my my animal athletes roaming around all the time. And it's it just it's all part of it. So they are, are in the NJRTC as well as anybody is. Reese, it's been good having you on ESPN Radio up against the clock, top of the hour, waits for no man. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. I promise you that. All right, thanks. Super happy for all your success. Thank you so much. And we want to thank Pablo Obasa for making this effort to come in on this very special Friday morning. It's always good to see you, Pablo. UbasaTrain.com. Check there for, what, upcoming dates, camps, Perry, Des Moines, Coralville, Iowa City, wherever he is, that's where you find greatness. Yeah, thanks Thank for having me. Oh, it's always good to see you. All right, for Kara Jones and Gable Thompson, I'm Scott Casper. You've been listening to the Legends of Wrestling on USA Takedown, usatakedown.com, and 1350 ESPN. And we decided it'd be a friendly gesture for us.